Good morning. Whether you are joining us online or here in this sanctuary, welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin, Texas. We are a spiritual community dedicated to a free and responsible search for truth, meaning, and beauty. I am the Reverend Michelle Legrave, your co-lead interim minister, and I am so happy to be with all of you today on this Celebration Sunday. Whoever you are, wherever you come from, wherever you find yourself on your life's journey, whichever your pronouns, whether you've walked in or rolled in or dialed in, whomever you love, you are welcome here. You belong here. We come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person. It's in this tradition, this living tradition, that I invite you to greet the holy among us, either in the comments or by turning to those around you. Now, let us greet the holy that lives in each of us. Good morning. I'm Mary Overton. I am the worship assistant this morning, and I'm also the chair of stewardship for our uh, stewardship council here at First Unitarian Austin. And I would like to personally welcome you to Celebration Sunday. This church is amazing in its generosity, giving of our time, our talents, and our treasure. So please, if you can, stay after and let's celebrate today. For our chalice lighting, our reading is For Each and For All by Eric Walker Wickstrom. We light this chalice for all who we are here and all who are not. For all who have ever walked through our doors, for those who may yet find the spiritual home, and for those we can't even yet imagine. For each of us and for us, may this flame burn warm and bright. Our call to worship today is Letting Go by Jay Wolin. Are we a people of holding on or letting, of letting go? Holding on to rigid ideas or letting go and opening our minds and our hearts to something new? Holding on to certainty of how things should be or letting go and living with the uncertainty of new ways of being in the world? holding on to what makes us comfortable, or letting go so we may grow that we can be uncomfortable, holding on to what makes us safe, or letting go to make room to help others feel safe. One of the things that binds First UU together as a religious community is that our congregation has a common purpose. For First UU Church of Austin, that common purpose is the mission. The con congregation wrote it together and put it on the wall in the sanctuary. 
right up there in big, bold, beautiful letters. Every Sunday, we say it out loud together so that we might more radically carry it with us in our hearts throughout the week. Let us say it together now. Together we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build this beloved community. Our reading today is The Story Goes by the Reverend Gretchen Haley. The story goes that once there was a wise woman traveling all through the mountains. One day she found a precious stone in a stream. She was so happy and grateful. It could change her life. The next day she met a man traveling just like her through the mountains. He was hungry and she was happy to share her food. But as she opened her bag, the man saw the stone, and he knew with this stone he would be able to eat all his favorite foods. His mouth watered, imagining all the incredible flavors, all the ways his life would be filled with so much goodness. Instead of the food, he asked, Can I have that stone? The woman looked at him, Of course. And just like that, it was his. The man was so happy, he ran quickly away, afraid she would change her mind. A few days later, however, the man appeared again, carrying the stone in his hands. Take it back, he said. Instead, I hope you can give me something even more precious than this precious stone. I hope you can give me whatever it is within you that made it so easy for you when I asked to just give it away. In this place, for this hour, we are all trying to learn how it is. When we are asked to trust, to love, to give of ourselves, to share our blessings, that we can say an easy and great yes. And also, we are here to remember we all carry with us a precious stone that is this great blessing, this gift that is just ours, this gift that we long to offer the world that in our giving will bless us all the more. This is the time in our service when we center ourselves together. We breathe together. And breathing together, we sense one another's loving presence. Breathing in, and breathing out, we follow our breath to a deeper place inside, a place of greater wisdom, a place where a spark of the design resides within each of us. These are the words we recite so often in our weekly communal meditation. We follow our breath. We go to a deeper place inside. A place of greater wisdom. A place where a spark of the divine resides within 
each of us. And we continue to breathe together. Even as we acknowledge that there are times when this spiritual practice becomes more difficult. Times such as now, when parts of the world are filled with horror. Times when a part of the world meant to be a shared holy land is filled with violence. Times when we cry out in pain, even as we have gathered to celebrate. And so we breathe together. We lament together. We celebrate together. And most importantly of all, we hold each other together in the holy quiet while remembering that nowhere in the world is it fully silent. Amen. I invite you now to light a candle if you are so moved. Candles representing sorrow, joy, hope, remembrance, resilience, lament. Whatever it is that you need to honor during this time. As we light these candles, I invite you to keep in your mind and heart members of our community who are ill or in sorrow and those who are celebrating joys, such as the installation of Kaya Hartward last night. Now let us hold the silence together through this meditative time.
And now we light one last candle for all those for whom there is no one to light a candle. Today is Celebration Sunday. While many of you have come here today to expecting to celebrate a successful stewardship campaign, I am here to say that what we are really celebrating is generosity. After all, it is a minister's job to reframe what we are doing with a spiritual lens. Today, we are celebrating generosity. Generosity as a value, Generosity as a reality that is present here in this congregation and here in this room and here online and here in this world. In our reading, the story goes, the man who asked for the gem says, instead, I hope you can give me something even more precious than this precious stone. I hope you can give me whatever it is within you that made it so easy for you when I asked to just give the stone away. Whatever it is within you. You know what that is? It's generosity. The real gem, the real treasure is generosity. Generosity can be about so, so many different things. Money, yes, that's part of it. And we are at 88% of the stewardship campaign in just 
two weeks. For those of you who are newer or visiting or may not know, Unitarian Universalists have something called congregational polity, which means that there is no magic money out there. What we do is all what we can build and create together. What we pledge to our community and what we fundraise together. So we're at 88%. $100,000 more to go. We can do it. We can do it. I know we can. What do you all think? Can we do it? Can we get all the way? Can we get past all the way? Yes. All right. Cool. So yes, that's part of the story. Generosity can be about so many things. It can be about wealth. Yes. Those money and wealth are the things we often think about first when speaking about generosity. But it can also be about grace. I spoke about grace last week, about the possibility of amazing grace, about the possibility of human grace, a time in which our hearts are broken open and we are inspired to uh, welcome someone else in with compassion and empathy and that is an expression of human grace we can be generous with our grace that we extend to each other we can be generous with our covenant and the ways that we live into our covenant we can be generous with all kinds of different resources even if we have an old beat-up car and somebody else's car breaks down, we can loan them our car, right? So that they can get a ride to work or wherever it is that they need to go. We can be generous with the one small meal that we have. We can share it with someone else. We can be generous with our time. This often shows up as our presence. We all have different cultural understandings of time, after all. So yes, we can be generous with our time. We can also be generous with our presence, of being present with each other, of witnessing to the joy and sorrow in each other's lives. We can be generous in our knowledge. And no, I am not talking about mansplaining here. We won't be generous with mansplaining. What I mean is that we can be generous in sharing our knowledge openly and not keeping it a secret. And by this, I want to talk about a time in which I worked in hospice. This was way before seminary, and I was a volunteer manager and bereavement coordinator. And um, one of the most important lessons I learned there was that the biggest difference that we sometimes made in a family's life is educating them about what it looks like to be in the process of dying, what is normal, what is not normal, what it is like to grief, to be grieving, what is normal, what is complicated grief, what means need, you need extra help with your grief and should see someone else. 
most of the time, everything everyone was experiencing fell within the range of normal. And the peace that they received by knowing that was amazing and beautiful to see. But sometimes we keep our knowledge secret. We don't share that with each other, especially around subjects that might be a little bit taboo, like dying. And it's probably also coming into play a little bit that we have longer lifespans now, so we're at much older ages before we experience the first death that is close to someone. All of that to say, we can be generous with our knowledge. We can share with people about our own life experiences and how things have happened for us. We can be generous with gifts that we give. We can be generous with our talent that we share, with fixing the playground, with singing and playing our music. And I am still a little bit in shock. I just saw Brent jump off a chair a few minutes ago. But (laughs) with our jumping ability, that was really fun. (laughs) We can be generous with our hospitality, as Aubrey, our new kitchen manager, does with all of the people who volunteer to help her out in the kitchen and putting on breakfast and lunch every week. We can be, and we are, this community is generous in so many, many ways. Generosity, I think it is worth noting, is best done when given freely, without expectation of anything in return, without demanding anything in return. So I'm going to take a little bit of a risk here. I notice there is barely any carpeting in the sanctuary. So I'm going to use this example that happens in almost every congregation ever that has has carpeting in its sanctuary, right? Some donor says, I will pay for all of the carpeting in the sanctuary if we can get it in my new favorite color, which is fill in the blank. Tangerine orange, neon green, whatever it is. That's not what we're talking about. That's not giving freely, right? That is giving with demands. That is saying, I'll give but if I don't get what I want in return, I'm going to pack up all my toys and go home. So that is not a healthy example of generosity. So generosity is best done when freely given, without expectation of anything in return, without demands of anything in return. And generosity, when given in this way, At least I found, I'm curious about other people. I found that when I do this, I often give, and then after it's done, I forget about it. I don't really think about it. I don't miss whatever it is that I had given away. I don't feel regret. I don't feel a loss. It feels good in the moment, and then it's done. An example of this um, that I remember 
really clearly was when I was in seminary and we had, we had separate UU chapel services once a week in addition to the all-campus uh, service. And the last service every year before graduation was a time in which all the other seminarians were invited to get up and speak about um, the seminarians who were about to graduate. A whole bunch of people stood up and shared about things that I had done, ways in which I had been generous to them in spirit, in grace, in sharing a car, whatever it was that they had remembered and I had forgotten about. I was really, really surprised to hear everything that they had to say that I had done. And it makes it easier for me to think about giving again in the future. I wrestle less with the decision to give away, knowing how much it can and does impact other people. So what I'd like to say, I'd like to do with all of you right now for a moment, whether you're here in person or online, is to think about that for a moment, to spend a couple of minutes, well, a couple of moments in self-reflection. Close your eyes if you feel like it, if you're comfortable doing so. And think about a time when you have been a recipient of generosity, of any type of generosity, from someone that you knew or someone who was a stranger to you, anyone. A time when you have received generosity. And I'll invite you to consider one more thing, if you can, and if it's appropriate, and that's to share what you remember about this gift of generosity with whoever gave it to you. So that can be another gift in return for them to hear about you, how you were impacted by whatever it was that they did. Generosity is a value. It's a spiritual value. Those of you who are here may remember, I don't know how long people remember sermons after they're given. You might remember <laughs> that a few weeks ago I talked about the Article 2 project. So we as UUs have had these seven and then eight principles um, most of which were incorporated into the Unitarian Universalist Association's bylaws and our covenant. Um, and because we are a non-credal, non-dogmatic faith, we require of ourselves to revisit these principles, this covenant, every so many years so that it doesn't turn into dogma. And we've been going the last couple years through this process of studying the principles and there's been a, a commission having interviews with people and all sorts of different activity. And then this past General Assembly, our delegates voted to accept and study for this coming year a new way of covenanting with each other 
around seven values. Love being the center of which we had a cool little diagram you could see, and you can look it up online later if you haven't seen it yet. Actually, you could probably look it up on now since you probably mostly have smartphones. Um, <laughs> but uh, one of the values, who wants to guess what it is? <laughs> Generosity, exactly. <laughs> Generosity, and the wording for that is we cultivate a spirit of gratitude and hope. We covenant to freely and compassionately share our faith, presence, and resources. Our generosity connects us to one another in relationships of interdependence and mutuality. To freely and compassionately share. Generosity is a form, a way of letting go. And there are many ways and many things we can let go and not hold on to too tightly. Beth Roth has this to say about the practice of it, of generosity and letting go in Buddhism. She says, the Buddha said, if you knew, as I do, the power of giving, you would not let a single meal pass without sharing some of it. Generosity is this powerful for a very good reason, because it is characterized by the inner quality of letting go or relinquishing. It reverses the forces that create suffering. It is a profound antidote to the strong habits of clinging, grasping, guarding, and attachment that lead to so much pain and suffering. Generosity brings happiness at every stage of its expression. We we experience joy in forming the intention to give, We experience joy in the action of giving, and we experience joy in remembering that we have given. As Gandhi has said, yes, she's mixing up Buddhism and Hinduism here, I know. The fragrance remains in the hand that gives after the rose. The fragrance remains in the hand that gives the rose. The rose is gone, but the fragrance remains. That's not to say that after we let go, we don't ever receive anything in return, because we surely, surely do. So what might, what might we get in return? First off, this community. This community is what we all get in return. And I'll say a little bit more about that in a moment. We get feelings of altruism. In an article about the benefits of kindness and generosity, Dr. Mara Karpal says... 
that several recent studies have found that being generous increases our ability to cope with physical pain and symptoms of chronic diseases. Volunteering has been associated with significant decreases in blood pressure, stomach acid, and cholesterol levels, and increased immunoglobin A, somebody can correct my pronunciation later, which boosts our immune system. In fact, volunteering has been correlated with a lowered risk of mortality in older adults, decreased symptoms of stress, and better sleep. This is due to the phenomenon called the helper's high, which is a release of endorphins, those natural mood-elevating and pain-reducing chemicals produced by the brain when we engage in an act of generosity. How amazing is that? Often, we might find that what we receive turns out to be more than what we gave. More in terms of greater quantity, but also more in terms of value, more in terms of importance, more in terms of meaning. So think about that experience you just shared with your partners a little bit earlier. What, if anything, did you receive in return? Sorry, I said that backwards. Think of a time when you experienced being the giver, when you were generous with someone else. What did you receive in return? I had an experience like that recently. You might know that we share our space with a high school here during the week. They're here Monday to Friday most of the time. And um, they had an incident which led them to look for some extra anti-racism, anti-oppression training during an in-service they had on the most recent holiday. And I volunteered to do that. And yes, it was a holiday, and I gave up a few hours to prepare it and spend with them. But what I got in return was way better. I got to know all of the teachers' names that I see in the hall so frequently. I got to know something more about them, about who they are, what their identities are. I got to know what they think about how they teach and which subjects they teach. In other words, I began developing a bigger and better relationship with them than I had with brief passings in the hall or grabbing some food in the kitchen or things like that. I received relationship, which was so much more important to me than a couple of hours. In this church, you all have a mission statement, one that you know very well because you say it every week and um, the search committee shared with me that, that you really do know it well because you recited it back to them when you talked about what it, with them about what it was that you wanted and what you were hoping for in your church life. You want 
your spirits nourished. You want your lives transformed. You want beloved community created. But you don't want it just for yourself. You want it for each other. For all of the people who are here right now, but also the people who have not come here yet. All the people that will come here next week or next month or next year or even generations from now who we have no way of ever knowing who they are. Our generosity is about building this community, building this beloved community, building, creating, co-creating a better world. You do have some large donors present in this congregation. You do have some wealth in this congregation. You also have people who are lacking in financial resources and wealthy in other types of resources. But even the largest donor can't do all of this alone. We need each other to create and sustain and recreate and nourish this community. Because we believe in it. I know you do. We all believe in it. There's a reading that I couldn't find again the other day. Um, but there are some phrases in it that are I remember and are probably familiar to you as well. We all drink from wells that we did not drink, did not dig. And we all warm ourselves by fires that we did not build. We have been receiving from the years and generations before, and we are giving to ourselves now and to the generations yet to come. Some of you may... Uh, know or remember Kaya Hartward. She is the wife of Meg Barnhouse, your minister emerita. And she was installed last night as the new-ish minister at the Unitarian Universalist Church of the Brazos Valley out in Bryan College Station area. And as part of that installation service, their congregation gathered, but also many, many of the clergy of her colleagues gathered as well. And people told the story of the history of the church. There was a neat little video they did about that. And in it, they told a story, not about their recent building campaign, but years ago, about how there came to be a time, this happens over and over again in church life, when they needed to buy a building and pay for a mortgage. So what they did was they passed slips of paper around and asked everyone to write down a number, and then they collected it, and they would see if they had enough money for the mortgage and to buy this building. Guess what? They didn't. Not even close, they said. So they sat with that for a little while. I'm sure there was a sad, maybe depressed atmosphere to that silence. At least that's how I'm imagining it in my head. Until someone finally said, 
let's pass those slips of paper around again. And they did. And people wrote numbers on them again. And guess what? There was enough money. There was enough. There is enough presence in this congregation. There is enough presence in the world. We can, we will meet this pledge drive. And yes, if you've already submitted your pledge uh, uh, paper, you can go ahead and submit another one with an increased amount, just like the people in this story. No one's going to complain about that. And like I said, we still have 100,000 or more left to go. And um, some people who haven't, haven't pledged yet. So another gift you can give is to the volunteers who run the stewardship campaign, not having to chase you down with text messages and phone calls and whatever. Go ahead and fill out your um, pledge forms, and then you will make other people's lives a whole, whole lot easier as we go through this last little stretch. But in the meantime, we are going to celebrate. And before we do that, one last little thought. This one is for extra credit. And before I say it, I'm going to give a uh, caveat, okay? Nobody expects you to give to a church in a way that makes you not be able to take care of yourself. You need to be able to feed yourself, to clothe yourself, to have a home, to have medication. No one is asking you to give at that level. And with that in mind, I encourage you for extra credit, advanced spiritual students here, to think about this. This comes from the Reverend Angela Herrera who is a UU minister, and she encourages us to think about giving out of our poverty. She says, something profound happens when we give from our poverty, when we give from what we don't have. Giving what you don't have is a fraught and powerful psychological act. If you don't have time Spending time on something is giving out of your poverty. If you are lonely and you don't have friends, offering friendship to others is a heady moment. If you feel unlistened to, listening to others is a soulful and momentous gift. On this day, and on all our days, and in all the ways, may we be a people of generosity. Amen, and blessed be. And now we'll extinguish our chalice with these words. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. Peace be in your hearts. Peace be on your minds. 
Peace be at your hands. Peace be the word on your lips. Amen and blessed be. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.